Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle. He don't ever get rattled. He just goes till the sun goes down. Hello and welcome to Food Chat. Food Chat is about all things related to food. What we want to do is reconnect you with your food. I'm Chef Jackson Lamb, and with my co-host Greg Bloom, we are the masters of Food Chat. I'm qualified to be in this role because I've been in the food service industry for 40 years. And uh, Greg, what are some of your credentials? Well, actually, I bumped into you, uh, I don't know, a decade or so ago uh, when I was working in a meat plant and was trying to sell you meat when you were a professor at MSU. But uh, uh, I grew up on a farm in Colorado, and I have worked for 30 years in six different USDA meat plants. Very nice. All right. Well, we are doing a series of ethnic cuisines this summer. And today, I'm delighted to introduce uh, Yanni. In fact, I'm going to get this right. It's uh, Yanni Stavropoulos. Is that correct? Very good. Yeah, well, you know, I had a lesson from my, uh, our co-friend uh, Steve Bogracos. So oh, that helps. That does help. Yes, exactly. Well, Yanni, welcome. And, uh, you know, again, you, my conversation with you last week, we should, just, we should have just taped that conversation, and that could have gone on the <laughs> air, because we really covered a lot of the bases. But, you know, you um, why don't you give us a little bit of a background about, you know, how did, how did you become interested in food? You know, um, I think all Greeks are involved somehow, but uh, anyway, give us a little background on how you got here and made everything happen. Well, that's interesting. So growing up as a young kid, I lived in Athens, Greece, and uh, I got to experience Greek restaurants pretty much on a daily basis for quite a long period of time. I was fortunate enough to have grandparents that were in the restaurant business here in the U.S. So when I would come and visit my grandparents, I would learn to cook in their restaurants and have a good time being able to visit with them. And when you have a restaurant, you're always working. So you either jump in and help well, you don't see anybody. So that's how I got my initial start, was as a young kid. And my appreciation of Greek cuisine came from my youth and uh, my culture and background. And that's pretty much why I decided that I wanted to do a restaurant at some point. And I was fortunate enough to open up the Ani's here in Denver in 1991. Very good. Say, your grandparents, um, was that a, a Greek restaurant in New York? No, it, it was actually uh, a... 24-hour diner-type restaurant in Jackson. I'm sorry, in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Is that right? Places. So, yeah. for you, having been raised on Greek cuisine, that had to be a culture shock. Oh, completely. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a great way to learn, and also they would always have some Greek specials because they they were Greek. So, oh, very that good. Never leaves. That never leaves. And as you know, in New York, all the diners in both New York and New Jersey are pretty much Greek-owned and run. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of like a franchise, isn't it? Exactly. Very good. All right. 
Um, Greg, why don't you take the next question? Hey, Yanni, I'm going to ask you about, you know, your favorite Greek foods to prepare and to enjoy, and, and maybe you could even share with our listeners. Uh, we really have a national audience, so not, not just the Denver area, but all over the U.S., so maybe you could share, like, some some Greek foods that people could, you know, find their ingredients for at their local market and then prepare. When I think of Greek food, Yanni, I think of fresh food. I think of, you know, I think my exposure to Greek food as a kid was just at festivals where you'd say, now I'm not saying the word right, Yanni, so you have to tell us how to say the word, but a euro, how do you say it in the right way? You you hit it on the button. It's a euro. A euro, okay. But there's lots of different yeah. ways to say it, but I'm used to seeing the euro and the and the, and then the bread, the flat bread, is that is that called pita bread, right? Um, yep, with with the sauce and you know a lamb euro fresh is just delicious and so that that's my experience. But so would you talk about like a a, a Greek food that someone can prepare at home? Well, you know what is probably uh, one of the most common ones that is used here, not even knowing that it's Greek, are called souflikes, and those are the kebabs. And you can do them with lamb, chicken. You can do them with pork, and you know basically you cut into you know cubes of. Uh, kebab meat, stick them on a skewer with some onion, some uh, green or red pepper, <clears throat> and then uh, we typically marinate ours uh, in a olive oil, lemon juice, white wine, oregano, salt, and garlic sauce, mm. and then grill them. And you can just smell them as they sit on the grill, and just, they're amazing. Throw that with a little pita bread or some of our homemade bread, and you got a meal right there. And it's, you know, it's nice, it's fresh, it's healthy. It's it's simple. That's the that's the one of the beautiful things about Greek cooking. It's simple. It's not complex, and I, you just get the flavors of all the foods. Thank you. I love kebabs, and you're right. I didn't identify that. Now, did you say? Am I saying right? Souflake. Did I say it right? Souflake. Very good. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, tell me a little tip here, because what I do is when I make kebabs at home, and you can get the skewers anywhere. I can get metal ones or sure. wood ones, but. I tend to burn the vegetables trying to get the meat done. So is it better to put the meat on one skewer and the veggies on one and then combine them later? Or how do you, what's the trick to that? You know, we actually, well, we, we actually marinate them so, so the, the veggies are wet and they don't actually burn oh. when you throw them on the grill. So they're, they're marinated along with the meats in the uh, sauce that I described earlier. And that really makes it easy for them to cook and not get burned. Okay. Okay. Good tip. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's a great tip. Now, I have one more question for you before Chef Jackson asks you the next one, and that is, sure. I looked at your your restaurant website, uh, Yanni's um, Denver dot com, and uh -huh. you talk about the Yanni's experience, and I want you to speak to that. But I have never been to Greece. I would love to go, but is is the food in Greece regional from one part to the other? Would you talk about that, maybe? It, it is regional, and you, yeah, but but you will you will find the menus similar. What you will find different is just the way they prepare them and cook them. So you have a lot of the same same entree items. They'll just have a regional inflection to them, which is always nice. Now, if you go up north into northern Greece in the Thessaloniki area, and up in that area, <clears throat> you'll find a large Turkish influence influence on the way they cook. So you'll get a lot of the Turkish spices that go into the dishes as well. Uh, Constantinople, which is now called Istanbul, was a, a mecca of great Greek cuisine for thousands of years. So that's where they get a lot of that influence. And Constantinople and <clears throat> Thessaloniki are pretty close to each other. 
uh, if you go down to Crete, that we're going all the way to the most southern island, you have a different way of preparing the foods as well, the Cretan style, as they like to say. And that's going to have a lot of spice to it as well, but it's not going to have a Turkish spice. It's going to have uh, the locals' uh, spices. You'll have some chili, and you'll have some oregano, of course, with everything. You'll find a lot of dill and some mint in all the foods as well. Yeah, very good, Yanni. You know, uh, when we talked last week, and how many islands is in oh, Greece? There are a couple of thousand Greek islands. Yeah. It's you, amazing. You had said 2,000 different islands. I'm sure yep. that seafood is a major influence, um, especially when you're in Greece. It is, it is huge. It's one of the, you know, the main staples of the diet, for certainly for the island people and for the mainland Greeks as well. Very good. You'll, fi- you'll find uh, <clears throat> some wonderful fish there. Uh, you, can, you get grouper, you get red snapper, You've got uh, lots of sea bass. You've got uh, <clears throat> mussels. You've got crayfish. There's just so many wonderful. See, octopus, of course, and calamari are big, big, big. Very and, good. Uh, we, we, In, we like to prepare quite a few of those dishes at our restaurant. Well, good. You know, Greg was asking you about uh, simple things to uh, make at home. Well, I had lunch at your restaurant last week. I was impressed that... Everything was recognizable. Nothing was, you know, sometimes you get into some crazy cuisines where what, what I don't even know what this is. Your food yeah. is, is recognizable with that Greek spin in there. Feta cheese is a big thing. Lemons is a very big thing in uh, Greek cuisine. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. uh, the rice that I had had an influence of lemon in there. It was delicious. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, with that... Man, we, we are in uh, an area that is just full of history. Does the arts and culture and history of Greece, does that play a, a role into the foods that are eating today? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> the arts, the culture, the religion, all of that <clears throat> uh, goes into the foods because they would prepare them for all the different festivals that would be going on year-round, the religious ones, the art, artisan ones, all the different things. And, you know, you've got to remember, as you guys all know, you know, art, science, math, it all pretty much emanated from Greece or had a, or had a big, strong background in Greece. The Greeks like to claim, you know, having started most everything, so I, I adhere to that. <laughs> but the foods are influenced by the different times of year, you know, what's in season as to what you're going to be preparing and if you've ever been to a Greek Easter, what you find is every family will be probably doing a whole lamb on the spit, either in their backyard or at the neighbor's, and they will have all the assorted uh, traditional soups made from uh, tripe, etc., that correspond with the festival of Easter, and you'll have a red Easter egg, because that is the only color that the Greeks dye their eggs, is blood red. And that represents the blood of Christ, and the egg represents the life. So you get a lot of things like that that correspond to the religion and the culture and the arts. You know, I'll tell you, I'm very sensitive and always tuned into um, the effects of religion on culture and 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 the like. You know, I'm very impressed with uh, you know working with Steve Bograkos over the last two years or so. Um, Boy, the Greek community is tight. 
you know, aren't they? Um, and they really are. No, and you know what I really love is that they're really um, dedicated to their faith and they're dedicated to, to their cuisine. So I think those are two great properties. And uh, anyway, I've said my two cents. Um, <laughs> well, you hit it on all of them. I love it. The Greeks are the Greeks are very tight. Very good. So, um, Greg, you want to ask this? Sure, uh, Yanni. You know, in in Denver area here, I know of your your restaurant, and uh, on the south side, it's in I think Greenwood Village, right, on the south side of Denver. Yeah. Um, but I've also been a um, few times. Actually, I sell product to uh, meat products through my wholesale food company to Pete and Ted over at uh, Pete's Fruit and Vegetables. <laughs> Well, so I don't oh, know if sure. you know Pete and Ted, but they've been there. Pete's of been course. there a long time. Yeah. I know I know them quite well. Yeah. Wonderful folks. And I love so to go they, in there and talk to, to Pete, like, what's fresh today? And he'll tour you around the store. Um, but my question for you uh, is, so if people are li- listening in Denver, they can go to Pete's Fruit and Vegetables to find, you know, an authentic Greek kind of market uh, that has product imported and some local but what are what about the rest of the country we have listeners from all over the country in big cities uh, where where are the biggest greek communities in in this country well this country chicago and new york are the predominant uh, greek civilizations outside of athens i think chicago and uh, melbourne australia are the two biggest cities of greeks outside of athens and New York is probably a close third. And you'll find many, many Greek restaurants in all of those cities. And uh, it's, it's quite fun to go to them. They, they actually have Greek towns in each of those places. We have a Greek town here in Denver. It's not quite as large, but it's still wonderful. Well, it's just it's on the corner of uh, Colfax in York, right? Yep, you got it. <laughs> it kind of covers about four or five, four or five blocks, and that's about, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Say, in our uh, conversation last week, though, you had mentioned... Um, Detroit as a big uh, Greek town. Detroit probably is, Greek town-wise, is probably my favorite Greek town now. The Chicago one used to be, but that is, they've all sold their real estate for high profits. Detroit has kept their Greek town pretty much intact. They probably have a good 10 Greek restaurants in the Detroit Greek town, and it's right next to where all the casinos are, so the Greeks love to gamble a bit, too, so that ties in nicely. Johnny, what was it about those cities that, that brought uh, immigrants from Greece there? Was it family was already there, do you think? Or, and then also Melbourne, yeah. Australia. What was, what was going on in the world back then that they started to spread out? Well, when they came to the U.S., they typically you know, would meet up with a family member, a brother, a cousin, mm-hmm. or something like that, and that would give them reason to go to a certain region. So it would just multiply and multiply and multiply. And Denver uniquely has a, a place just outside of Tripoli, Greece. There's one village called Picarni where some early Greeks came to Denver, and I think the entire village of Picarni now lives in Denver, Colorado. Mm. But it's, it's amazing. When one family gets there, they just keep bringing their next family and the next family in. The reason Melbourne, Australia, became so popular was when they cut off immigration to the U.S., uh, I, I don't know what year it was, but uh, Greeks were not able to immigrate here after a certain year, uh, probably you know, just pre-World War II. But after World War II, a lot of Greeks went to Australia, and a lot of Italians went there as well. And I think that was a big, big uh, 
area for people to migrate to. They were, you know, leaving countries that were, you know, suffering from drought, economic depression, etc. They had to find other ways to make a living. I see. That's a great explanation. And I imagine when they, when they, you know, came to the United States, then they brought their culture and their religion with them. So when you talk about these other big cities that have um, a lot of uh, Greek immigrants back then, they did. They, they set up, I'm sure, churches, right? There's what Eastern Orthodox Church is that their, their yeah, is that the, the church you'd go to if you're looking for a, yeah. a Greek church? Uh-huh. Exactly. We actually call it the Greek Orthodox, but it is Eastern Orthodox. We just like to lay that name. <laughs> Greek Orthodox Church, <clears throat> right? Got but it. it, it all, all of Orthodoxy is one faith. Got it. Okay. So you've got Russian Orthodoxy, you've got Ethiopian Orthodoxy, Greek Orthodoxy. It's all one. Orthodoxy. They just lay those different names on it to give you a little closer identity. Okay. But as you said, so to give you an idea, the metropolitan area of Chicago probably has between 35 and 40 Greek Orthodox churches. You could probably add another 15 or 20 Russian Orthodox uh, and uh, Serbian Orthodox churches in those uh, cities. New York, similar. You know, just you know, one of the things. Uh, the families like to do is they help like to certainly go to participate and uh, experience their faith, but they also like to build and make the faith grow. Mm. Excellent. I love that community. That's great. So yeah, it's fun. Yanni, when I, when I walked into your restaurant and sat down, I looked at the menu and I, I looked at Steve and I said, I don't know what to order, but, <laughs> but, and, and, and of course you kind of helped me out as well. But in the bottom right-hand corner of your menu, there are some uh, traditional Greek dishes that I thought, you know, there's something where if somebody was never, had never been to a Greek restaurant, you got some great explanations there, but you're talking in traditional Greek terminologies. So let me go down the list and you explain what these are. Uh, sure. Uh, let me just make sure I'm reading everything right. Uh, kokin, kokinisto. That would be a traditional Greek lamb shank dish. So it's, it's basically slow cooked over several hours. So the meat, you can you know cut it with a fork. And it lays over a bed of pasta with a nice uh, Greek light tomato wine sauce. And uh, it's, it's a favorite at Yanni's. Very good. So when you mention pasta... Are we bringing Italy into this, or do you have a certain kind of pasta that they serve just in Greece? You know what? We serve all the, pretty much all the pastas you would find in Italy. We just give them Greek names. Of course you do. It's okay <laughs> to steal. That's all right. Exactly. Uh, the next, next on oh, the yes, list is, is the uh, uh, moussaka. Yes. Oh, the moussaka. That's a fabulous traditional dish. Uh, <clears throat> It basically is a ground beef and eggplant casserole that's topped off with a, a nice uh, baked bechamel sauce on top. And it's one of our big, big sellers. People love the moussaka. Very good. How about the uh, next is the uh, pastizio? Pastizio. Okay. That, pastizio. Pastizio. That one gets compared to the Italian lasagna quite a bit because you've got pasta and ground beef and tomato and we also add a, a nice light bechamel baked sauce on top of that one as well and it's a, another favorite and if, that's more for the pasta liking people versus the eggplant so you, you got two wonderful casseroles uh, the pasticcio and the moussaka 
two favorites. Very good. Uh, your vegetable platter seems, uh, you know, it's a vegetarian platter, but um, some yeah. gr- some great products um, uh, tied together there. So on that one, we've got our Imam Baldi, which is a sautéed eggplant. And the Imam Baldi, that's actually a Turkish name. We like to steal from the Turks as well, not just the Italians. Okay. <clears throat> so the t- sautéed eggplant, and that comes with our roast potatoes, our Cretan rice, and our Greek-style vegetables. It's a wonderful dish for vegetarians. You mentioned uh, Cretan rice earlier. So what's the flavor uh, profile of that? That's the one that's got tons of butter, and it's infused with lemon as well. Oh, okay, very good. Excellent. That's what gives it all that great flavor. All right. The next one is Spanakopita. Spanakopita. I think many people are familiar with that. That is your spinach cheese pie uh, with uh, phyllo layered on top and bottom. Very good. One wonderful dish. I'll tell you a quick funny story before we continue. So I've done a lot of work with We Don't Waste, and they pick up excess prepared food and redistribute it. And so some catering company had given them uh, a whole bunch of handheld spanakopitas. For a party last night, we couldn't use them. They're trying to take them to um, uh, a Spanish food bank, and the guy, the driver is saying, it's Spanakopita, Spanakopita. They don't understand. So he goes, uh, empanada. Oh, yeah. So They got it right away. There yeah. you go. So it's kind of a, the Spanakopita is a Greek empanada. Very, very similar. Yes, Very, indeed. very, that, that, that is, that's what I love where you can see similarities between cuisines and, and cultures. Oh, absolutely. Love absolutely. it. Yeah. How about the uh, macarona, macaronata? Macaronata. So that's going to be with a, a big uh, macaroni noodle. So it's, it's uh, a large macaroni noodle, and it's the most easily one, uh, easily prepared dish. You, know, you basically boil the pasta, then you throw it into a nice hot frying pan, add brown butter and mizitra cheese, and it's heaven. Very good. And what about, you say red sauce in there. What kind of red sauce would you add? The red sauce, it's, it's our own version of a uh, marinara sauce with a little cinnamon added to it. Ooh, very good. You, do you see a lot of cinnamon in, uh, in various Greek dishes? You will find cinnamon in probably 50% of the dishes in Greece. Okay, that's, wow. that's a lot. That's a lot. Very yeah. good. How about... Uh, um, I sure wish I could speak Greek. Kefethenes uh, mi pasta? Kefethenes mi pasta. That translates to meatballs with pasta, so spaghetti and meatballs. Very good. Uh, then, uh, uh, supa, uh, ava, avagomano. avagomano, yes. There you go. That's the traditional egg, lemon, and we throw in some veggies with that, uh, and chicken soup. It's if you're feeling down and out and not really good that day, have a bowl of that and it'll perk right up. Very, very good. And then, of course, all the desserts, baklava, that, that, that's very traditional. Um, sure. You know, uh, you've got a cream brulee in there. So some great products. Thanks for those explanations because, you know, again, somebody gets dragged into uh, a dinner party. They don't know what they're going. And all of a sudden they're in a Greek restaurant. 
maybe they'll re retain some of the information we've shared today. Well, super. I hope so. Okay. Greg, take the next question. There. Uh, Yanni, I uh, have a question. When I was going to college, I went to school in Los Angeles, and there was a pretty large Greek community um, near Pasadena and Alta, Altamira, I think. And the Greeks that I know, boy, they were so tied to their family. Everything was like they were tight with their family. I think tighter than Americans in general. Like they would get together and throw a party for uh, a birth or a baptism. That was a big deal or a wedding. Um, you know, so maybe you could talk a little bit about Greek culture and, and just how it's tied to food. And, you know, like I know you, you mentioned this a little bit on your, your website, you know, just a little bit about Greek culture, but people that aren't familiar with it, maybe you could describe like, um, you know, the men sitting on the, the patio in the afternoon drinking Greek coffee. Just maybe any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I certainly. Well, speaking of L.A., that's a beautiful city in itself. There is a huge uh, Greek cathedral called St. Sophia's, mm. and it's a, one of the oldest uh, churches in the United States of uh, Greek Orthodoxy. <clears throat> and I've been to a few weddings uh, at that beautiful church, uh, and they are outstanding. And so Greeks love to celebrate weddings, baptisms, birthdays, name days. And any other thing, just like you say, we even celebrate going out in the afternoon, sitting at a taverna or a uh, cafeneo, as we call it, a little coffee shop, sipping on a strong Greek coffee and maybe having a little ouzo on the side. But uh, we love to talk politics, religion, and uh, family uh, goings on. Well, That's you know, a great it, way to pass the day. Two of those subjects are usually verboten here in the United States. Exactly, and that's the only thing we talk about in Greece. <laughs> well, it's something to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So we, we, we always have what we call, you know, heated discussion. Very good. So, Yanni, we got about a minute and a half left here. So, sure. in closing, can you give our listeners uh, how they can reach you? You have a, a website. You've got the, how do we get to the restaurant? What are your hours? Let's kind of promote the restaurant for uh, 30 well, seconds certainly. or so. So uh, the restaurant is in Greenwood Village. It's in the landmark uh, retail shopping area. And our phone number is 303-692-0404. And our website is yannisgreekrestaurant.com. And uh, please feel free to check it all out. And uh, we'd love to see you sometime. And please enjoy a news on me when you come in. And I see you do catering, too. Is that right, Yanni? We do a significant amount of catering, yes. I would think that if you're in the Denver metro area and you want to support a local family restaurant and tradition and do something a little more unique than, you know, maybe a chain restaurant, uh, have, have uh, Yanni cater your next party, you know. Or, and what, what size groups do you, do you like to cater, Yanni, in general? You know, in general, we, anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred is probably our sweet spot. 50 to a couple hundred. So that, that's, you know, that's a nice size birthday party. Or maybe a, yeah. do, would, you, would you cater a wedding reception if it was in that size? Sure, of course. Sure. Because the family is so strong, right? Yeah, the f Greek families oh, yeah. are tight. Yeah. Hey, Chef Yanni, we are out of time. But thank you so much for coming on Food Chat today. We really enjoyed our, our time with you. Gentlemen, I did as well. Thank you. You know, Yanni, I'll just close by saying that for our listeners, Yanni is right in between the Landmark Theater and the Comedy Works. So if you're planning a night out, leave a little early and go see Yanni. 
Today's episode of Food Chat is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. RanchFreshMeats.com has the best selection of beef, bison, wagyu, air-chilled chicken, turkey, and duroc pork, and more, all sourced from the family farms and ultra-clean USDA plants that they know personally. Take the mystery out of where your meat comes from and how the animals were cared for, and buy your family's meats at RanchFreshMeats.com. Hey, save 10% on your first order by using Food Chat at checkout. Orders over two. $200 include free shipping. RanchFreshMeats.com. Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring. The turn from green to that harvest honey. Hold one up for the banker downtown. They got him on his feet with handshake of money. Here's to the farmer's wife that loves him every night. Raising a son. Raising a daughter, they gather around the table, send it up to the father. Somehow they get closer when times get harder. Here's to the farmer. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.